This is our third session now on Ephesians 5, 31 to 33. I think it's our last. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, Paul's summary admonitions to husbands and wives. However, let each one of you namely husbands, also love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she fears her husband. It's usually translated respects. The word is fear, phobeo, from which we get the English phobia. And we'll talk about why that is. Father, we who are husbands and wives listening to this, watching this, we want, I pray that we want, to bring our lives into conformity with your loving wisdom. Grant us to do that now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The word, however, here is a little bit jarring, but not too much. He says, this mystery of Genesis 2.24 applies to Christ and the church And I think what the however means is I could wax even more deep and high and wide and eloquent concerning all that is implied about Christ, all that is implied about the church, but however, I'm going to get back on the ground with husbands and wives. (laughs) Get the idea? In other words, he's, he's descending, in a sense, from the mystery to the application here, and it feels like an adversative. Nevertheless, however, but I'm going to talk to each of you as I close. Let each one of you love his wife as himself. So he sums up by saying, love her as you love yourself, which picks up, as you recall, what he said in verse 28. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. So we love our wives as ourselves or as our own bodies because our wives are our own selves and our own bodies. That's the point of one flesh. So he's drawing out the implication again that she is me. Right, And I know how I want to be treated. I know how I take care of myself. I know how I long for my widest and longest good. And of course, that's what he draws attention to here. He who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. So her, her ultimate good As we see here, Christ loved the church and gave himself. So, husbands, here's a second model. First, love your wife as your own body. Here, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself. This is ultimate sacrifice that he might sanctify her, cleanse her, wash her, present her to himself in splendor, no spot, no wrinkle, no such thing, holy without blemish. In other words, Her comprehensive and ultimate good is what you're willing to die for. 
and live for. And this little phrase here, in the same way, shows that loving her as Christ loved the church and loving her as your own body are the same because Christ loved the church, because we are his body. So calling us to love her as ourselves is not different from calling her, calling us to love her as Christ loved the church because he loved the church as his own body, because we are his own body, just like our wives are our own body. So there's the summary of this amazing text for husbands and wives. See to it that you fear your husband. What's that mean? Doesn't sound in our ears very positive. And it would, it's, in fact, it sounds jarring because he has just described a husband who is loving the way Jesus loved us. And what could be more safe? So let me look at two texts to try to unpack what fear means. So here's First Peter again, Peter's word to wives. And I've put the Greek fear here and the Greek fear here. Let's read these two parts. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your pure conduct in fear. Back in 2.17 of 1 Peter, it said to all of us, fear God. I think this is not fearing the husband. It's seeing a husband who's not even a believer and maybe unpredictable and not having fear because we are confident in the Lord, which is what shows up here. This is how the holy women who hoped in God, who hoped in God, not their husbands, they hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children if you, if you do good, not fearing anything. Okay, so fear God, don't fear anything on earth. So that's the word to wives here. So it would be very surprising if when Paul said, Wives, see to it that you fear your husband, it would contradict, don't fear anything when you fear God. And that would include not being afraid of your husband and his unpredictability. So what 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 would be meant here then? Here's here's the pretty clear indication. We are talking about wives orienting to their husbands the way the church orients to Christ. And this whole text began here. Verse 21, chapter 5, submit to one another in the fear of Christ. So the whole thing at the very beginning is put under the fear of the Lord. And then it gives the specifics. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. He just said, live in the fear of of Christ, and then he says, now wives, your husband stands in the place of the Lord. That is, he represents the Lord. That's the support here, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. And if you're going to 
submit in the fear of the Lord Christ, and the husband is the head, as Christ is the head of the church, then this submitting of the wife would be and fabo of Christ. So when I come back here and say, okay, let the wife see that she fears her husband, what would that then mean in view of what Peter and Paul have said? And, and I would really encourage you, if you've forgotten, uh, to go back to, what is it, part nine of chapter 5, 15 to 21. I think it's entitled something like The Sweet, The Sweet Experience of the Fear of the Lord, so that you come to this with the right sense. So let me sum it up in maybe three observations of what I think that means for a wife. I think number one, it means fear forsaking Christ and your husband. Number two, I think it means fear bringing disrepute on Christ and your husband. And I think, therefore, it means fear bringing judgment on yourself by forsaking Christ and forsaking the husband and bringing disrepute on Christ and disrepute on the husband. So I would draw this conclusion. Wives, see your husband as the representative of Christ. Because he's been told, love her as Christ, and he's the head of her as Christ is the head of the church. So see him as a representative of Christ in whose presence you live in this kind of fear. And let that fear, that kind of fear, drive you again and again toward Christ and your husband. There's no safer place on earth than to move toward Christ. And when this text is in full bloom, it's a wonderfully safe place to be with a Christ-like husband.